0: and welcome to 15 Minute Futures, the podcast that explores the future in bite size, but with a Kiwi twist. It's great to have you with us. Did you know that in addition to our usual taste senses, things like saltiness, sweetness and soundness, we also have a taste for fat, and some people can actually taste fat better than others? I didn't know that, Steve. Thanks for sharing. Hi everyone, I'm Rob Warner, and we hope
1: you're well. Thanks for tuning into this, our very first podcast. We're we're going to be getting into uh, a conversation uh, and throwing around some ideas around the future of food production and what uh, that might mean for New Zealand. And we're talking artificial burgers, freaky food preservation techniques, eating bugs and much, much more. So let's just kick things off a bit by saying, well, what's the challenge here? And I mean, in simple terms, the demand for food is rising.
0: Yeah, well, that's true. Um, there's no question. There's a lot of people. Um, I was pretty staggered to see that we've got two billion extra people coming onto the planet. That, you know, by twenty fifty, big question about how we're going to feed all these people. And, and it seems like, especially with you know our rising middle class, which is a good thing, lots of demand for for protein, for meat, for milk, stuff New Zealand's good at. This is a good thing, isn't it, Rob? Well, well, I think so, and let's let's be clear. This this is big money. I mean,
1: we're talking our dairy industry um, contributing to fourteen billion to roughly fifty billion of our, our total exports, and meat and offal kicking in another six billion there. It it is big money, and and there are lots of uh,
0: livelihoods at stake here. I think this is a really interesting topic because obviously you've got the classic conflict between your your kind of full on economic growth focus and, and then you got your your environmental focus and, and obviously we all are probably bored with people preaching at us about the the horrible things that farming is doing to the to the planet. Uh, I'm sure farmers are sick of it but but it's true, isn't it? Like when you think about the billions of animals we killed and all the water we're using and all the things we're polluting, obviously it's not great. Do you actually see things getting better? What what are you seeing on the on the horizon, Rob?
1: It's funny you say that. I mean, I try and be a glass half full kind of guy, but um, I think with the current ways that we're producing food and some of the other challenges around the edges with climate change and and, uh, greenhouse gas emissions, I think um, we're going to have to do something to to feed the people. It'll have to be different. There have to be different ways of
0: producing food, and I suspect we're going to see some shifts in what people eat. Bugs. Bugs, it must be bugs. Come on. Like, if you think about it, surely bugs is the way of the future. I, 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 don't, I don't think so, Steve. Not in the short term,
1: or not least for this guy. But um, I do understand if you grind them up and use them as fillers and flour, it's, it's a bit more palatable than crunching on the wings. They do tend to go down a bit better. Ah, you're being
0: squeamish. No, I mean, I, I get it, though. Obviously, we're not going to go for, for, for bugs in the West, so... So how do we end up actually producing food? What's the so what here? How do we end up producing things without killing lots of animals and ruining the planet? I mean, that's the, that's the bottom line here, isn't it? How do we actually do that? Well, well, well I
1: think so. And, and I think there are a few more hows appearing on the horizon. I mean, we've got um, new technologies coming up around cellular agriculture. There's all types of alternative milks, alternative proteins. And we're also seeing some shifts too. And I guess um, what people are prepared to eat and what some of the social norms and some of the cultural aspects of of, of food and uh, cuisine and the consumption of food. Possibly not so much in this country, but certainly overseas. So, I mean, there are, I think there's glimmers of hope on the horizon. But it, it makes me think uh, I wouldn't really want to be a farmer now. I mean, what,
0: what's your thoughts on that? Oh, I'm a bit more optimistic about farming, actually. But I think, I think the nature of it's got to change. I mean, in the old days, you know, if you were you know, if you think back in the industrial revolution days, obviously, people used to hand sew clothing, and then, then we got the loom, but didn't like do away with the need for, for clothing. So it just meant that we came up with better ways of doing it, more efficient ways of doing it. And if you think about electricity versus oil, or, you know, all of the dirty ways we, we, we have to produce energy now, there's all kinds of ways that we progress eventually. And, and I suppose for farming, the question is how, to, how they actually respond to it. You know, are they going to see this as an attack on their livelihoods and therefore something to be resisted and use government to lobby against? Or are they actually going to go, hey, let's embrace this new technology. If you can produce all of the benefits and, you know, health and make it cheap and, and not ruin the environment and produce your impossible burger or your, your, your artificial milk and people are happy to drink it because it tastes the same and costs less... Why wouldn't you?
1: Well, well, that's there, and that's a really good question, and I think that goes to the nub of the issue. Um, I'm hearing a lot of, of commentators in the um, beef, lamb, and dairy industries which are sort of sort of stick to what we know, pr- produce high-quality grass-fed X, Y, and Z, and we'll get through. But I'm not sure that's the case. Um, I, I do observe that even being the world's preferred supplier of boutique uh Uh, dairy or um um, grass-fed proteins still not might be sustainable
0: for the long term um i think just because we can do it doesn't mean the world can well clearly we can like clearly there's enough demand we can just bury our heads in the sand if we want to and and plow on We'll, we'll get rich um based on all the new you know asian middle class and all that but but I mean, I, I don't know, I, I, I wouldn't sleep well at night thinking that w- the way that we're getting rich, the way that we're doing well as a country is, is basically by continuing to plunder the planet and kill, you know, 70 billion animals a year. Um, of course, that's not just us, but, you know, globally. It, it just seems crazy to me that if there's new, better technology available, that we don't embrace it. And of course, some of those big, you know, some of the big producers and cooperatives, they, they do seem to be exploring these new tech things. But I'm wondering how seriously they're taking it.
1: Yeah, it also occurs to me, I mean, how much uh, as a country and, and and how much the New Zealand government is actually promoting and encouraging exploration and innovation in this space. I mean, okay. do you think we'll ever see a time where GST is exempted off um, environmentally friendly artificial meat or um, alternative milks? Can you see that ever happening?
0: Yeah, I reckon. Well, what's interesting eh, is is that at the moment we've got the split personality government with uh, with, with very popular just Nidra and, and obviously uh, Winston Peters who's also very popular with his own demographic. But they're it's sort of old world versus new world. I don't want to drive any big divisions here, but obviously you know the way that he responded to that impossible burger uh, thing that 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 happened where in New Zealand provided you know cellular agriculture based burgers. And basically, his big thing was, oh, you've got to buy New Zealand-made, traditional, farmed beef. You know, that's old-world think. And and I'm really hoping that the sort of Jacinda Derns and the, the the sort of fresh perspectives here. And it doesn't have to be just Labour, obviously Greens or National Party. You know, there are there are green elements to all those parties. I'm hoping that they're seeing these opportunities and thinking, oh, oh, actually, there's there's potential here for for three. Three different wins: win for the economy, you know, win for the environment, and, and win for us in terms of consumers. Why why wouldn't we go for that?
1: Yeah, I, I guess that's one of the things I'm looking out for. What is that wetter workshop equivalent in this space? You know, that when Peter Jackson took on Hollywood, in terms of alternative foods, alternative proteins, alternative milk, who's going to come to the fore to really drive that? It's a, it's it's a question on my mind. Yeah. Yeah,
0: how, how, how do we actually promote sort of innovation? And, and there's probably a role for government in there, but it, there's also obviously a big role for consumers. Like um, for, for us, whether or not we get over the kind of ick factor of eating things that weren't actually produced using cows and, and lamb and, and sheep and chickens, but, but were produced in a, in a lab, but, but much more efficiently and are effectively the same protein. I don't know. Do you reckon people will get over that ick factor or do you reckon that's going to take a bit of time?
1: I think it might take a bit of time, but I think this is a topic where that whole intergenerational thing really plays out. I mean, depending on who you talk to and what their generational perspective is, you know, you're going to get a range of a range of views. Um, perhaps some of the baby boomers uh, are still locked in that sort of meat and three veg mindset, but you, you'll have millennials and centennials coming through that they may have quite different attitudes about uh, sustainability around food production and, and the treatment of
0: animals. You're, you're so optimistic. <laughs> uh, it's been trained into me, Steve. Has it? It's been trained out of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> there is a big question. Will, will, it change? will those attitudes change? Um, and, and what can we do to change them? Uh, one thing that does interest me is the amount of money involved here, like the huge amount that The the likes of you know, so it's not just New Zealand anymore, it's also globally. If you think about the the money, Silicon Valley and people like Bill Gates are plowing into this, and and who's that other guy, Richard Branson? He's obviously plundering billions of dollars into this kind of new tech, uh, alternative agriculture stuff, too. So, so that's quite exciting, I reckon.
1: Yeah, and I think globally, patterns of consumption are changing as well. I mean, you know, depending on where you are in the world, um, consumption of meat. And certain types of meat um, might be dropping and um, in other areas it might be increasing too as you say see the rise of the middle class in china but I, I guess it's about new zealand trying to putting its penny down and trying to figure out how it wants to navigate through this rather than simply reacting to
0: whatever the market serves up yeah i guess that's right if we, if we think about where we're where we're heading from here what what next are we going to end up with, with people actually taking on this? Do you reckon this will happen in the next 10 years or 20 years? What do you reckon?
1: Uh, I, I, I certainly see this in a shorter horizon. I mean, it, it's, it's happening now. I think uh, it's, it's just unevenly distributed around the globe. But as a primary producing country, I think New Zealand needs to take a position. Are we going to re- react or are we going to drive this new market? It's, yeah. it's, it's a hard one and as a country that's been built on a very strong pioneering farming tradition you know we're, we're talking about driving innovation at, at our cultural core that's that's a big thing for New Zealand but kind of risky if we if we
0: just put our hands in the fate of what others are going to do yeah I agree I mean it, it is it is not exactly New Zealand's strong point is it innovation and thinking outside the square I mean we do it in specific industries but we, we we've consistently kind of gone for traditional agriculture, you know, farming logs, shipping them off to China and that kind of stuff. How, how likely do you reckon we'll actually embrace it or will we end up sort of reluctantly getting on board when when the world... Yeah, well,
1: I'd, I'd, love, I'd love New Zealand to have a more mature discussion around this and actually form a considered position. That's bringing government and industry and, and the community together to figure out what we want to do around what is essentially the linchpin of our economic success. So I I, I think uh, it it doesn't look particularly good based on our past track record of being proactive here, but I think there are enough New Zealanders now talking about this. um, There is an opportunity to kind of really form a consistent position on what we want to do. I think the the innovative startups are going to recur regardless. And the Kiwis that want to be part of it, if they can't prosper in their own country, they're just going to drive this offshore.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, let's throw it the listeners. You listeners, if you are listening, is New Zealand going to be a leader or a follower in the shift to you know alternative meat and milk? Go to our website at 15minutefutures.org. And that's our 15 minutes nearly up. So it just remains for me to say a huge thanks to our wonderful sponsors, Springload, for digital products that catapult your business to the next level. And Anticipate, the company that helps you look ahead, plan ahead, and get ahead. Catch you next time when we'll be diving into the fantastic world of 3D printing. Hey, Cornera.